Hello and welcome to Bibliophiles, a podcast where you get to sit in on conversations about books and reading with the ultimate book lovers, librarians. In each episode, we'll explore a theme and tell you what we're excited about reading right now. We hope you enjoy. In this episode, we're going to hitch a ride with the Massachusetts Board of Library Commissioners summer campaign, What's Your Four?, in which they're asking everyone to read four books this summer. Now, of course, when we heard this, we all laughed because four books is a pathetically small number of books to read in a summer. I mean, in my opinion. Uh, then again, I'm trying to think about how many books I actually read in the spring. Hmm. Well, anyway, I talk a good game. I am your host, Jen Webb, and because the theme is kind of summer reading for all ages, uh, I thought we'd all introduce ourselves with our favorite thing about summer, and my favorite thing about summer is strawberries. <laughs> uh, I mean, really anything that's growing locally now. And I think it's your sacred duty to eat as much of it as you possibly can before it goes away. Yeah. So right now I'm working on that with strawberries. I'm Jen Forget. I'm the teen services librarian. And my favorite thing about summer is snorkeling in the ocean. Hmm. There's nothing better than that. My name's Diane Sackos, and I'm a library technician. And my favorite thing about summer is just walking barefoot everywhere, from my mailbox to chasing the dog outside. Just being able to go barefoot is uh, my favorite part about summer. Hi, I'm Kate Lepinen, the technology coordinator here. And my favorite thing about summer is that it's hot, the days are long, and I can ride my bike all day and then eat an entire pint of ice cream afterwards and feel <laughs> awesome about it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a pretty good one. Mm-hmm. Um, my name is Megan Parker. I'm the programming librarian here. Um, my favorite thing about summer pairs well with Jen's, which is rhubarb. Oh, yeah. Um, I love rhubarb. Um, but in general, besides, besides rhubarb, it's probably just being able to be outside a lot and not have to like have gear like, you don't need coats and mittens and everything, so that's always really refreshing. Mm. Hi, my name is Eunice Hong. I'm a librarian technician working in the children's room. My favorite thing about summer has got to be beach weather yeah. and going to the beach. I like to try to sneak in a couple trips during the summer. Definitely. Absolutely. It's funny, lately I've been talking to a bunch of people who don't like the beach, and I'm just like, how can you not like the beach? <laughs> Megan is raising her hand. I, oh, yeah, I'm um, sorry. You okay. can't see me. I don't like the beach. I'm one of those people. <laughs> well, I mean, um, we're not going to spend the whole episode talking about <laughs> the pros and cons of the beach. Although beach reading, you know, is a big feature of the summer. And also, <laughs> and also, here's your PSA for the day. Please protect your library books at the beach. <laughs> we get so many books back that are full of sand. It's especially tiresome when they come back in January and February, and you know that the person who had them has been in the tropics, and you are not. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, keep your books out of the water. And if your books get wet, don't put them in a plastic bag, because oh, they won't then out. they just incubate book mold. Okay, PSA concluded. The more you know. <laughs> Imagine the star going across your screen. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this is Eunice's first time with us. Welcome, Eunice. Yay. Thank you for having me. So uh, we're going to go around and talk about what our four for the summer are, uh, if we can limit ourselves to four. I have eight, <laughs> but I'll try, I'll try to keep it down. Um, who would like to start? Well, I've got my paper poised here. <laughs> so 
when I say that, you know, I'm going to read so many books this summer, we'll see what actually happens because I haven't done a whole lot of reading this spring for whatever reason. But I have been reading romance novels, as always. <laughs> and uh, one of those was the start of a new series by Sarah McLean, who is just a really fantastic, smart, historical romance author. Previous series, which was the first one I was really on board with, she pulls this amazing long con on the readers, <laughs> which I can't tell you too much about without spoiling it, but... She's already spoiled but it for yeah. me, and it makes me want to read romance. And I don't read romance. <laughs> yeah, no, and I will say that, like you know, you know, if you if you've never read a romance novel before, like it's sort of it's hard to know how to get started because they really are so problematic and full of tropes, and and they're you know they're my problematic fave. I admit it. She pulls this wonderful long con where she keeps a character's identity secret for three of a four book series, even while that, that character appears. Time. And you don't even realize how cleverly she's done it until you learn this character's true identity in the last book. But anyway, she has a new series, and every single title is an amazing A-plus pun. Um, so the first one was The Rogue Not Taken. Um, and the next one doesn't come out until August 30th, but that is when I'm going on vacation. Yay! <laughs> so it'll be perfect. And it is called A Scot in the Dark. <laughs> I'm so excited for that. Oh, yeah. So coming hopefully sooner than that, is a book I've been waiting for for four years, which is Stiletto by Daniel O'Malley. So in 2012, Daniel O'Malley put out a book called The Rook, which was a hilarious fantasy satire sort of thing about a woman who wakes up with no memory and suddenly discovers that she is a member of basically like a supernatural FBI that investigates supernatural goings-on. Uh, and it was just great, and it was British and dry, and it made fun of every fantasy cliche. There's an amazing scene with dragons hatching, which I can't really tell you any more about, but just it, it's anyone who's ever read or fantasized about having a dragon or, you know, read any of the various books in which people hatch dragon eggs and bond with them. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> so... Um, and, you know, it clearly set up a sequel, and we're like, he's working on the sequel, it's coming, it's co and then it get, kept getting pushed back and pushed back, and it is finally out! Hallelujah! <laughs> and now, like, I'm almost certain that it's going to be disappointing now, because I've spent four years eagerly <laughs> anticipating it, but, you know, fingers crossed. So that's Stiletto by Daniel O'Malley, and I'm anxiously waiting for it to come in from the library. I'm also looking forward to the new book by Ryan North of Dinosaur Comics, uh, who has done now two Shakespeare-themed kind of choose-your-own-adventure books, um, but the latest one is called Romeo and or Juliet, <laughs> a choosable path adventure. Um, it's a follow-up to his earlier To Be or Not To Be. <laughs> uh, and I'm just really excited about these. are very wonderful things about them in which you, you go through the story, but at every juncture they present a lot of possibilities that Shakespeare never imagined. <laughs> So I'm really looking forward to that. And then I solemnly swear this summer that I am going to finish The Raven Cycle by Maggie Stiefvater, which almost everyone else in this room has already read and loves. And I know I'm going to love it. Like, I believe that I'm going to love it. I just, I don't know what's, I don't know what my problem is. I read the first book, which was The Raven Boys, and then I just kind of stalled out. But it is complete now, and I hear it's amazing. So I swear that by the end of the summer I will have finished it. So yeah, that's four, or actually technically seven, since I have three more Raven books to read. <laughs> so I'll, I'll let it go at that, but I have so many more. <laughs> Who's next? I can go next. I, I kind of connected with Jen's statement about, I'm going to read so many books this summer, and I've 
not been reading a lot because I've been reading a lot of, my coworker Alyssa would be disappointed in me, I've been reading a lot of adult books, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, which have been kind of a bummer. Um, adult books are a bummer. Man. Yeah, like, I read depressing stuff, and like, but I really, I think I prefer YA depressing stuff. <laughs> so on that theme, I have, well, I have five, but I'm going to go with four of them. Um, one of the books I have on my list to re- read this summer is actually a reread because I can't remember what happened. <laughs> Back when I graduated from undergrad, I read like everything Neil Gaiman had writ- written at that point, and I loved American Gods. Loved it. I know I read it. I know I thought it was fantastic. The thing is, I didn't know any mythology outside of Roman and Greek mythology, mm. so all the Norse stuff went completely over my head. And there's a lot of Norse stuff. Um, so especially the new, they're making it into a TV series, and I really want to be able to judge the TV series. <laughs> um, has amazing casting. So I'm really looking forward to reading it and hopefully getting more out of it and remembering what happened. Another book I have on my list is, again, I confess, I don't know what it's about. <laughs> uh, Lainey Taylor, who wrote the Daughter of Smoke and Bone series, which is amazing. Three books, several little novellas, really build this whole genre of like monsters versus demons, but who's actually the bad guy. Brilliant series. She has a new book launching this fall called Strange the Dreamer. It has magic. It has a librarian. I don't really care what else happens in it. It's going to be like, she is marketing to me. Mm -hmm. Another book young adult book that's coming out this summer that there's not a lot of description about what it's get what it's about specifically but it's getting a lot of really positive reviews in the pre-press in the in the early reviews is Railhead by Philip Reeve it has apparently extraordinary gender diversity and ethnic diversity in a fantasy world with a heist Ooh, nice that just that hits all sorts of things and like check mark heist oh, we can have people of color without making it a big deal that we have people of color? Awesome. Fantasy things? And yes, I'm on board. I think there's also trains. (laughs) Uh, Last on my list is another... I don't really know what this book is about. You see, I read blindly. Mm -hmm. Um, It's Still Life with Tornado by A.S. King. A.S. King, if you haven't read any of hers, is either really good, really, really weird... Maybe not so good. I love it or hate it. The last book I read of hers was um, I Crawled Through It, which I still can't really tell you what it was about. Um, There was an invisible helicopter. There was a girl who was turning herself inside out, and there was a lot of metaphors. Um, I didn't like it. I couldn't finish it. Yeah. On the other hand, the um, the Diary of Glory Jones, which involved two girls consuming as a beverage a powdered bat, which gave them prophetic visions of the future, was amazing. (laughs) Wow. So Still Life with Tornado, beautiful title, uh, is concerning a woman who may or may not be crazy, who may or may not be seeing visions of her, encountering herself and her past as she's just walking around what may or may not be a wasteland of Philadelphia. Or maybe her marriage is just breaking down. It's one of those possibly. Mm. So that's my trippiest one. It's going to be really good or really weird. Definitely one of those. It's always fun to roll the dice. Yeah. <laughs> so is that an adult book by A.S. King? 
It's getting marketed to both young adult and new adult. Interesting. So it's it definitely sounds more adult than most of her stuff. Yeah. Um, but I, I like where she's going. I mean, she yeah. started out very traditional, realistic YA kind of problem novel yeah. stuff, and and it's great. But it's really interesting to see an author take risks like that and do wild kind of stuff. And the thing I respect about her too is like I I, I push through, I crawl through with knowing that I didn't like it. But you know pretty much within a couple pages whether you're going to enjoy reading the book. Mm-hmm. And, and having pushed through, I crawl through it, I can say I did not enjoy the book, but I did enjoy the book's weird mes- message. Like, it was about the problem, you know, the problems of basing, you know, a teen's entire fate upon standardized testing. Mm-hmm. It was a weird way to look at it, but <laughs> from other reviews I saw, for some people, it really clicked in a way that it did not as somebody who's twice the age of the target the audience. Mm-hmm. But it was a w- really well-written, invisible helicopter. Okay. <laughs> um, I guess I can go. I have my piece of paper here. Um, so... I also, I struggled at first to think of four books because I feel like I just read things as I happen upon them sometimes. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, as soon as I started thinking about it, I had a list much longer than four. So we'll see how this goes. (laughs) Um, So the first book that I'm looking forward to reading is called The Hopefuls by Jennifer Close. Mm, I've been Um, hearing about this. It comes out in July. I really liked her other book, um, Girls in White Dresses, which came out in 2011. I read it right when it came out. And it just sort of struck me at, like, the exact right time. It's about a group of girls um, in their, like, mid-20s, early to mid-20s, finally getting out in the world and uh, kind of being adults, but also feeling like they're playing at being adults. Um, And that was pretty much exactly how I felt when I was, like, 24, 25. Um, Do these white dresses have blue satin sashes? No. (laughs) My favorite thing, anyone? No. Um... So, and, and it was great, too, because there was... Anyways, that book, I identified with a lot of it, of, like, living in Chicago and then leaving Chicago and having going back to Chicago to visit friends and feeling sad. And I was like, oh, these are all my feelings. Um, so her new book is about... Um, the Hopefuls is about two couples in D.C., um, and particularly about one couple that moves there for the husband's job. And having moved for a partner's job... Mm-hmm. And not liked doing that at first. Mm-hmm. I feel like I might identify with this character as well. Because <laughs> um, has been stealing your diary. <laughs> I know. I feel like Jennifer Close and I need to like go get a drink sometime and be like, so our lives are paralleling each other. I was like, let's talk about this. Only you're much more successful than I am. Um, <laughs> you're definitely picking up the tab. Um, <laughs> so I'm excited to read that. It comes out in July. Um... She also seems to have a real knack for writing, like, complicated friendship feelings, which is something I think about and like reading about all the time. So that's one of mine. Like, if you throw in, like, a complicated but intense, like, particularly female friendship, like, I'm there. You pretty much don't need anything else, and I'll read your book. Um, Totally different vein. The next book on my list is, excuse me if I pronounce this wrong, Krakatoa. 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 Yeah, that's excellent. Right. Um, Krakatoa, The Day the World Exploded by Simon Winchester. Um, I've been reading to read this book for years because as a kid I was really into that book, 21 Balloons, by William Penet Dubois. Oh, yeah. Um, about the, the families that 
escape from the Krakatoa explosion on these, like, fantastical raft things with balloons, hot air balloons. So I've always wanted to actually read about the real Krakatoa explosion, and, like, 20 years later, I'm finally going to do it. So that's one of my goals for the summer. <laughs> um, Simon Winchester, author of um, that book about the dictionary, The Professor and the Madman, yes. yeah. um, which famously in my family, my uncle forced my cousins to listen to as an audiobook on a road trip when they were small children, <laughs> and they are still resentful of this fact. <laughs> so I enjoy, I'm, I'm excited to talk to one of my cousins about this book by this author that she sort of has an irrational hatred towards. Um... A book I actually just started last night, so I'm making progress on my goal. Okay. Is um, and there's there's a bad word in the title, so I'm sorry oh. for young listeners. Okay, plug your I'll, ears. We'll bleep. Get yeah. ready. <laughs> <laughs> it's the badass librarians of Timbuktu and their race to save the world's most precious manuscripts by Joshua <laughs> Hammer. Um, okay, I don't think we need to bleep that. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what people's it's standards it's are. It's referring to librarians. It's an accurate description. It's fine. Um, <laughs> This was recommended to me by the same uncle who played the professor and the madman um, as an audiobook on a road trip. Um, and he texted a picture of it to me and then said, um, you're a badass librarian in Boston, so you should read about your colleagues. Um, he's an awesome uncle. <laughs> hey, Uncle Tom! Um, and so I started reading last night, and it's really fascinating. It's about a part of the world that I really don't know anything about. It's about Molly. Um, so I'm definitely learning things, and I'm inspired to learn more. Um, and it's about these amazing manuscripts and this history of scholarship in a part of the world that has often been ignored. Um, and then the race to save them as um, different extremist groups kind of target uh, their destruction. So, so far, so good. Okay, there's two more, so let's technically five but um <laughs> it's okay <laughs> i want to read um paper paging through history by mark kurlansky he is so good at writing books about these like little social histories they're always so interesting they're exactly up my alley and it's about paper and books and yay <laughs> so this is gonna be kind of a self-indulgent summer i guess like um and then the other book that i'm sort of I don't necessarily have that much interest in the topic. It's um, it's getting such universally amazing reviews that I feel like I need to read it. Is The Girls by Emma Klein. Yeah. Um, it's getting such good reviews. It's really good. Like, every single review is basically like, this is remarkable. It's her debut novel. She got, like, a massive, massive advance for it. And people are saying that it was worth every penny, um, which... I feel like you don't often hear that from wow. people. Yeah. So um, it's about a it's about um, a girl who gets sucked into the Manson cults, which oh, I have no real interest in the Manson cult. The mm -hmm. whole thing creeps me out, and it like makes me nervous, and I don't want to be alone. So alone. this is just a fiction book. It's fiction, mm -hmm. um, but every single person, every single review says that the writing is so tight and so good, and just. Oh, like she just nails tough it. Subject matter. Yeah, wow. and it's her first book, which is just wow. amazing. So, wow. um, I, I think I'll read it yeah. just because I feel like I have to, mm -hmm. um, and I'm sure I'll probably love it. Yeah. Please um, do and report back. Even though I'll probably be like super creeped out and like afraid mm -hmm. to go to bed. But um, yeah, so the girls by Emma Klein is, I guess, my last one for the summer. Um, that sounds like a good recommendation, though. So okay. your list is that's actually I mean, diverse for very being self-reportedly <laughs> self-indulgent. Well, yeah. so yeah. yes, I I do read a lot of like very different things, but they're all like female friendship and like complicated relationships and moving for your partner. Like, oh, that's totally self-indulgent. <laughs> like, um, revisiting a childhood favorite. 
and then like two books about like paper and books and like <laughs> I'm just hitting all the things I really like. So there's no problem with there's knowing no your brand. Yeah, I'm not I'm not pushing myself like out of my my wheelhouse at all this summer, but <laughs> that's not what summer's for. Though. Exactly. Like, you know, once yeah. you're out of school. I mean, okay, like. The kids, yes, we want them to push themselves out of their comfort zone. Like, that's why we do the summer reading challenge where we ask them to read a book from every different genre. But, you know, we're adults now. Yeah, we so find kids, our thing and start doing time. it. Yeah. Kids, this is one of the great parts when people are like, why do I have to do this? It's like, you have to go to school and be done with school someday so that you can decide what you want to read and no one can ever tell you to read anything. <laughs> and you can them. say, I read that biography. Mm-hmm. I didn't like it. Yeah. yeah. You know now. Yeah. Yes. yeah. This is one of the great parts about being a grown-up, is just reading whatever you want and not apologizing for it. So, anyways, those are mine. Excellent. Diane, Eunice? Uh, well, I, you know, I'm kind of um, on short notice mm-hmm. with this, but I'll, I'll give it a whirl of, of a couple recommendations. On my hold list right now is Valiant Ambition, which mm-hmm. you probably know, the story of Benedict Arnold. And um, it's kind of a more detailed version. It's by Nathaniel Philbrick, who did um, Heart of the Sea, Mayflower. Mm -hmm. So I know it's going to be well-written. And, um, you know, I I find it interesting, the relationship between Benedict Arnold and George Washington. I mean, he was really one of the top-tier generals and very well-respected before he went to the dark side. (laughs) (laughs) And he, I think, was one of the first people tried for treason, right? So um, it should be an intriguing read for an adult book. Yeah. And um, the other ones that we ju- that you just talked about, Megan, about um, imposing reads on children <laughs> and putting them outside their comfort zone. Well, you know, for my 17-year-old yesterday, we went into Barnes & Noble and we bought Hamilton by Ron Chernow. Because my, my son cannot stop listening to the Broadway musical, yes. and he is dying like to all go. Of us. <laughs> so I told him if he read all seven hundred pages over the summer, I would do everything I could possibly do to get tickets. Because you can't promise. Yeah. But I'm gonna try the. You know, maybe my husband knows somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody and see if we can't get tickets. But it's still a daunting challenge to complete that. And there he is, outside his comfort zone, all summer. That's, you know, so you want to read four. He's just going to try and get through Hamilton this summer. But he is determined, so that's good. It's like climbing good the Everest of books. <laughs> Hamilton faces Nendis uphill climb. Awesome. Yay. I wish him all the best Good. in that yeah. endeavor. Yeah, so that'll, that'll keep him busy anyways. But, fantastic. Um, the one that I, I, the only one that I've read recently that I found um, somewhat intriguing is Primates of Park Avenue. Has oh. anybody heard of that? Ooh, I've yeah. heard of it. How was it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I picked it up intrigued because the title is like a Candace Bushnell book. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how can this be a nonfiction? Mm-hmm. Well, it's it tells about... Um, an anthropologist who moved to the Upper West Side with her husband with children, and how much that environment 
correlates with the habitat of gorillas in the mist, you know? <laughs> and she talks about how she was so excluded because she had a son who was in a very um, prestigious preschool, and, you know, you got to get your name on the list, and she knew somebody, so she got her son into the preschool, and nobody would talk to her rudely. Like, she would walk up to them and say hello, and they would not acknowledge her. And she said, what is going on here? How come nobody is acknowledging my existence? And then she realized it was because she didn't have the right handbag, and that you have to have, like, the... Is it the Hermé Burka bag? Have you heard yeah, of it? Oh, yeah, the Birkin yeah. bag. Oh, yeah. And she said, I've got to get a Birkin bag. Mm-hmm. And then her husband is traveling in Asia. Kate, I think that's amazing face right now. I have to Google <laughs> what that is. I didn't even know until I read the book. And so her husband goes and he's in Bangkok or whatever, and he goes to her Hermes store in there, and he finds the Birkin bag, and he gets it secondhand. So once <laughs> she has the Birkin bag, she's at least in the tribe or <laughs> in with the gorillas. Mm-hmm. But she's yeah. still not an inv- welcome. She's like, my son needs friends, he needs playdates, and they will not let their you know, child associate with that her child. actually cost $25,000? Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, yeah. So, so once she's got <laughs> the Bergen bag, but then what happens is during a preschool sh- um, social, the alpha male <laughs> or the most popular husband walks over to her and they start up a conversation because she's an anthropologist and he found that so interesting. So once the other women notice that she's getting along with the alpha male in the preschool, then all of a sudden her son <laughs> has play dates. And all of a sudden the when she's invited, starts getting invited to the charities. And everybody is so hair, makeup, everything. Lululemon during the day, Chanel <laughs> at night, mm-hmm. top, all the rules you have to follow. And the kids have to be perfect. Nobody makes a mistake. And... Everyone is on the Harvard track, the Yale track. It is just so much like the the parallels between a gorilla habitat and the <laughs> Upper West Side are astounding. I mean, she has got to be totally ostracized after she writes about how oh, yeah. ridiculous these people are. It really comes down <laughs> to the ridiculousness mm-hmm. of the pressure of trying to keep up. And she talks about you can't just have two children. Three is the new two, and five <laughs> is the norm. So you've got to have, like, five children, everybody going smooth, nothing's hard. You can be mm-hmm. pregnant with your fourth, juggling three children, perfect hair, perfect makeup, perfect outfit. Oh, yes, I am due next week. Thanks for asking. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you don't even acknowledge that you're expecting. Everything is in line. And then mm-hmm. you say, well, how do they do it? How do they keep it all together all the time? Money! Yeah. (laughs) I like being poor now. (laughs) The pressure Mm -hmm. is beyond belief. Mm -hmm. And then the little secret is that they're all, and I shouldn't say all, but medicated, alcohol, Mm -hmm. how do you deal with that ridiculous pressure of trying to keep up with a mirage of perfectionism, you know? Wow. And, you know, she kind of talks about the dark side of that whole world, trying to keep everything flowing so beautifully. When life isn't like that, it's messy and awkward and difficult. 
and you know kids fall down and they chip their tooth and they have to go to school the next day with a chipped tooth and life goes on you know they couldn't get into the cosmetic dentist <laughs> yes exactly so it's all those little things there's but, a Kimmy Schmidt plotline all about this yeah <laughs> yes. but it kind of was yeah. so um, revealing to a world that I never really wondered about but once, since she brought it up I'm like yeah how does that work that everything mm-hmm. is always so perfect and money doesn't nearly cover it you know mm-hmm. money does not figure out all the problems of family life but um, you start drinking at 10 o'clock and you can pretty much deal with anything the day has to bring <laughs> during so, this wow. uh, during this discussion Kate was looking on her phone and googling a freaking bag and then showing it to us <laughs> and making hilarious faces yeah, I really wish you could see her was, face. Yeah, that was, that was the thing to get her accepted, was she mm-hmm. had to get a Birkin bag before mm-hmm. anybody would even say hello to her. It's ugly, and it doesn't look remarkable. dollars so ugly. <laughs> I mean, my wallet... My, my my purse is a plastic baggie that I hold my wallet in, so maybe I'm not the one to judge. <laughs> like, I can appreciate a nice bag. Like, I really want the PS1 bag, but, you know, again, I also enjoy paying my work <laughs> so yeah I thought I was like really spending a lot of money when I recently bought like a new leather bag from Madewell mm-hmm. I was like this is an investment Megan Think of price per use like that was like, not that expensive you know <laughs> Oh, wonderful. Oh, yeah, we're probably not the group to be, like, <laughs> making decisions about yeah. other people's handbags. Oh, I but, mean, like, if I had the money, you know. I mean, maybe not a Birkin bag, but, like, you know. A nice bag. A nice bag. I would buy a nice bag. I would spend several thousand dollars on a bag if I had several if thousand had dollars money. to yeah, spare. Yeah, yeah. Whatever, yeah. But. I recently <laughs> traded up and got a plastic baggie that's meant to go in my back pocket on <laughs> the instead of something that held my sandwich. I <laughs> roller. <laughs> I apparently embarrassed my friends, my male <laughs> friends, with my plastic bag. <laughs> well, see, this is about priority. Yeah. You spend yes. money on other things. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like books. <laughs> oh, so oh. you know. <laughs> right, on that note. <laughs> so while Diane's son is reading Hamilton, the biography, I will be reading Ham- the Hamilton. Yay! Yay. <laughs> Um, which is all about um, the making of Hamilton. And I've already started kind of reading it, and I'm already very excited because I, too, have been playing the soundtrack on blast and (laughs) trying very hard to memorize Lafayette's rap in Guns and Ships. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Failing, but trying. Um, After after this, we're going to have a (laughs) sing-along. We're not kidding. We're having a (laughs) sing-along. It will Um, not be recorded. (laughs) (laughs) So, that is first on my list, and I'm making my way through it, and... Basically, Lin-Manuel Miranda is a genius. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let me just say that. Um, second on my list is for anyone who is a big fan of BBC Sherlock and or Elementary on CBS. Um, it is a tale about uh, two descendants of um, Sherlock and Watson, um, and there's kind of a gender swap in which um, the female character is the descendant of Sherlock. So it's called A Study in Sherlock. Um, It's a YA novel. Um, And I don't know too much about it other than it is kind of a story on the whole Sherlock 
and kind of an interpretation of that. Um, but I'm really excited to read it because I'm a big fan of Sherlock, mm-hmm. and that's always fun too. Ooh, I'm gonna put that on yeah. my list. I know, yeah. me too. Reaching my list, putting it on my list now. Yes. <laughs> um, so this um, second book that I'm reading is um, a book by Renee Ade, um, and she wrote a book um, that's a retelling of A Thousand Nights, Arabian Nights. Um, and the first book is called Wrath and the Dawn, which I loved. Um, it's for anyone who likes very flowery, wonderful language. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very descriptive. She does a really, really good job in kind of painting this world. Um, and uh, it's amazing. And so I picked up the second book in the series, which is The Rose and the Dagger, which came out recently. Mm-hmm. And I'm also making my way through that very slowly, but... It is kind of a slow, nice, leisurely read. Um, You're not really there for kind of big plot. Uh, It's not very plot-driven. It's very um, much in the whole flowery language and writing about the descriptions of um, what's going on. Um, And I really like that sort of reading a lot of the times because it's nice to hear about very pretty things and imagine (laughs) them. Um, And then finally on my list is a book that... I found going through the children's room, and I, you're not really supposed to judge a book by its cover, but I saw this book's cover, and it was really pretty. So, um, <laughs> it's on my list now. It's called Summer Lost by Ali Condi, um, and Ali Condi is a YA author, but she's, this is her new, um, middle-age, um, novel, and it's about a girl who has recently lost her brother and father in a tragic car accident, Um, and there's something about a Shakespeare festival in there, and it sounds really, really interesting Mm -hmm. and very heartfelt in how she handles her grief, so that's another one that's going to be on my list to read this summer. Like great quality reads. Yeah. Mm. Thank you so much, everybody, for sharing your four. Um, and if you're listening to this, we would love to know what's your for. Uh, let us know what you're looking forward to reading. Uh, if you're local, then come on in and fill out a little summer reading review card, and you could be entered into a drawing for ice cream cards at our beloved Regatories. So yeah, do that. Thanks for listening. Bibliophiles is a production of Cary Memorial Library in Lexington, Massachusetts. Matt Schumann engineered the podcast and created our theme music. Do you have questions, comments, or ideas for future episodes? Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Library or on Twitter and Instagram at Library. That's C-A-R-Y-M-E-M Library. For show notes and to find out more about us, visit us at carrylibrary.org.